Galatians chapter 4. And we're going to be starting in verse 21. I'd like you to also mark uh, Genesis chapter 16 and Genesis chapter 21. We're going to go over there in just a minute and start out with a lot of reading. A lot of reading of God's Word. And, and uh, to follow along, it won't seem so long and there won't be anything wrong with it if, if you follow along and with it. And as you know, Paul is having a burden, a painful, endearing burden for these Christians in Galatia and the most important doctrinal truth that we have is the doctrine of our salvation, that we are sealed, that we are secured. It is by promise. It is the gift of God by grace. And then to start listening to people coming along, acting like Jesus handed them a baton, and they're supposed to pick up something and finish something that that He did... He goes in, starting in verse 21 and through the end of the chapter, just a, just a beautiful, just a beautiful way of explaining our salvation to these Christians in such a way they can understand. What we're going to talk about tonight is how Abraham was promised a child by God. His name was Abram. And he said, you're going to be the father of many children. And, 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 and so your new name's Abraham. That's what it means. And by faith, he went around calling himself Abraham without even a child yet. Probably got made fun of, but he trusted in the Lord. But, and you know, Sarah, was, she was too old to have children. And a uh, baby wasn't coming along. That was promised. So she thought she'd help God out. And she had her her own little idea. And they, uh, they had a young female servant named Hagar. And Sarah and Abraham, Sarah said, Hey, here, here's what I believe is going to happen. We're going to have our child through her. That, that's how it's going to be. And she had a child with Abraham. His name was Ishmael. And later on, that promised child came for Abraham and Sarah. And his name was Isaac. And Paul uses this situation for an allegory using an illustration to explain some other facts, using Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Ishmael to explain the security and the promise of our salvation from God. It's not going to be by something we do to keep our position with God. He's completely done it. And, uh, and so we're going to have an analogy, if you will, not that the story was, was only meant for the purpose that Paul uses it for here, but, but it fits, and we're going to see that. And so if you'll run over to Genesis chapter 16, let's just, let's just read some verses here about, about Ishmael and how this situation happened. Follow along, and, and it's going to really do a lot of the self-explaining that I won't have to do as we just go through these Scriptures and, and look at the beautiful... Analogy that Paul gives here. And it says in chapter 16 of Genesis, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me 
from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid, and it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. And Abram said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by a fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence comest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, and it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beerloheroi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar and bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abraham. Okay, so we, so we see the story of the, the event of Ishmael being born here to, to Hagar, the handmaid of Abraham and Sarah. Now we go over to Genesis chapter 21, and we're going to look at now Isaac coming along, the promised child. It says, The Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was an hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck, for I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son." 
for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his sons. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered into the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs and she went and sat down over against him a good way off as it were a shot, for she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink, and God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer, and he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. All right. Now, now, Paul brings up both of these children, all right, as he is explaining salvation to these Christians that have already received it, but they have went off wayward. And Paul didn't use big fancy words. He used very simple things. And and I hope you're blessed by this this evening to, to be refreshed, to ever be mindful of, of everything that God has done for us in our salvation. We, we don't know it all. We don't know everything. But what we can know, let us savor it and let us embrace it and, and just pour out thanksgiving to God for what He's done. So let's look in verse 21 as he's dealing with these Christians, uh, writing this letter to him, And he says, tell me. You that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law and what the law is saying? There's a question asked to prepare this allegory there. They're on the verge of of readopting the law that they were bound under and and convicted under and saw that they had no hope uh, before they were saved. And now he brings up this question, do you not hear the law? They're starting, they're, starting to, they're starting to observe the things of the law again. And to do that is doing so much more than just practicing circumcision or, or, being, or, or focusing on certain feast days in certain ways or not eating certain, certain foods. It's so much more than that. To be, to, to do this, to start going this direction, it's not in harmony with God's truth. It's not in harmony with the scriptures uh, of salvation. So the, and, and what we have here, actually, it's a comparison between the law and between this grace. 
So, so does anyone believe that there's something you have to maintain, there's something you have to continually earn to, to be able to have the salvation that God gave you? Well, well, there won't be any thought of that after this is over in this comparison between law and grace in this Old Testament event. When he says four in verse 22, he's connecting with the question that he just asked them, do you not hear the law that you desire to be under the law? He says, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. Now, Abraham had more than two sons, but concerning here, waiting on, looking for this promise, son, these are the two uh, in the situation that came about. And, and these two explain the point uh, that he's making in salvation with these two sons being Ishmael and Isaac. They are coupled together as the sons of one father, but two different mothers, okay? Now, one mother was a bondmaid. She's a slave. She's a servant. This represents bondage and flesh and the law. Okay? Now, the other mother, Paul says, is a free woman. She is not a slave. She represents freedom. She represents grace. She represents the promise of God, okay? Now stick, stick with me. I, I, I love this. I hope you do too. Go into verse 23 with me. He says, But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Okay? You with me? Ishmael was born unto Hagar, the bondwoman, okay? Now, God made a divine promise for this child to come to Abraham that Sarah was going to bear. And this, this child Ishmael is not the child, okay? Ishmael was born according to the ordinary course of nature. Alright? Sarah had an idea. Well, maybe we're going to have this child through the bond. That, that was her own natural mind and her own natural idea. So this child was born according to the course of nature. It was an act of humanity. It was a result of human reasoning and human logic trying to figure out how to receive a divine promise that God promised. Ishmael is the result of what man can do. All right? But it backfired because when a, when a servant, when a slave had a child, that child was a slave also. That child was in bondage just as well. So Abraham using Hagar, Abraham and Sarah using Hagar to try to fulfill God's supernatural divine promise is like God promising eternal life to anyone that will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, but they are going to go outside of that promise and say, I have this own idea in my mind that I'm going to live up to a standard that's good enough that God's going to accept me. He, here's, a, here's a plan and here's a promise He has, but, but maybe it's this way. You know, so Abraham and Sarah are doing this with a child, and people are trying to do this with God's world pronounced, proclaimed salvation in Jesus Christ. So, go into the second part of verse 23, though. 
So, so he, he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Isaac was born by supernatural means. You know, uh, Sarah, she's about 90 years old. Abraham was 100. She had a barren womb. She, she couldn't have any ch- children. She laughed when she heard she was going to have a child. Aged Abraham and barren womb Sarah, having a child. You know, what's impossible with man is possible with God. After the rich young ruler wouldn't come to salvation by grace and wanted to do it on his own to go to heaven, and he went away sorrowful, that's what Jesus told the disciples. Man, look look at that standard you set out there. How, How in the world can anyone be saved, Jesus? It's impossible with man, but it is possible with God. Ishmael was a man produced birth, all right? Isaac was a miracle-produced birth. Ishmael was from human circumstances, and Isaac came from heavenly circumstances. Look in verses 24 and 25 in this business with, with Hagar and Ishmael. It says, What things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Hagar giving birth to Ishmael. This is a picture of the law giving birth to bondage, okay? And Mount Sinai, that's where the law was given. It's where Moses received the law uh, to give to the people. And and the law, what we know, we, we understand from chapter 3, it was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. The law uh, was to show guilt before God, not to gain the salvation of God. It can't. To, and to misappropriate God's law, to misappropriate His commands, His work, that what He is, it is to be bound in slavish service to, to misuse that and to use that for a reason other than what God purposed it for. for and for a Christian, for, for these Galatians to start turning to some kind of mindset and practice such as this, there's never going to be any growth for them. They're saved. They're Christians. But they're never going to experience any growth. They're never going to experience any maturity outside the truth. You know, the, the only thing that, that promises growth for a Christian is the Word of God. Peter said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that ye may grow thereby. So that's how we grow, is by the Word of God. They're, they're not going to have any growth in this slavish service mindset that they've put themselves into, following legalistic Judaism. And this is, that's following imprisonment. So Sarah's idea, okay, of using Hagar... For the prom- her natural idea of the supernatural promise that God made, this is the Judaizers coming in and trying to squeeze in, saying it's the law, it's the law, you have to, you have to observe and have to observe these days and, and all of these things. That's what they're doing for salvation. The same thing that Sarah did by going through Hagar for the child to be born. Now go to verse 26. 
but this is about Isaac, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Isaac represents grace. Isaac represents the faith way of salvation. Abraham and Sarah couldn't take any credit for this happening outside of their own ability. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And this explains the situation of Abraham and Sarah in their age, and receiving the child, receiving a promise from God. Isaac wasn't earned. Isaac was given freely by God, by promise, okay? Follow me to verse 27. It says, For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. So just as unfruitful as far as in the womb, Sarah could rejoice because of that fruit that was brought into her life by the gift of God, we can rejoice in our salvation too. It is something that we are incapable of getting on our own and our own reasoning and any own idea. We are undeserving of our salvation, but God gave us the faith to enter into this free gift of promise of salvation. So where she could rejoice in this child that came beyond any means of her own, our salvation came beyond any means of our own. You are sealed, signed, and delivered, and you're going to heaven, not by what you've done, but by what Jesus Christ has accomplished and completed and finished and offered to you as a gift. What a peace in the heart of knowing what we have in our salvation. Praise God. Verse verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac, are the children of promise. He, he says it in a different tone when we get down to the end. But he says, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Isaac was free. He represents freedom. Isaac was a promise. Isaac was born miraculously. And so are we. We're free in Christ. We, we've been giving a, given a promise. We've been born miraculously. We are as Isaac. Isaac is the example of what we are. We are just like him. And Galatia, they're being assured now that they're not like Ishmael. They have not been born into a dead-end road of slavery. And, and, and I don't even want to get to just jabbering on, on how that could happen to the mind of a child of God. But that's what has happened to them. They haven't done it, but they're in the process of turning. They're, they're in the process of being under the deception of the devil. But they haven't been born in a, down a dead-end road of slavery. They're assured of salvation. They were born of the Holy Spirit and will stand before God on the basis of the promise of Abraham, not by any kind of physical relation to Abraham. It's nothing like that. So go to verse 29. It says, but then, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit 
Even so, it is now. Ishmael, it says, was born after the flesh. Isaac, after the spirit. They are in opposition one to another. Isaac, uh, uh, Ishmael persecuted Isaac. His, his mama saw him making fun of him and mocking him and laughing at him. It, it is said that, I, that Ishmael shot arrows at Isaac. And, and, he, and he didn't treat him very well. And he was wrong to him. He was caught mocking him. And, and Paul starts talking about this. And has him picturing this, this relation and this difference and this division with Ishmael and Isaac and the persecution that took place. And then he says, even into the verse, even so it is now. In the very same way, Christians... In the very same way, the Judaizers are persecuting me. You, you seeing how the, this fits, Christians? Is what he's saying. To
is the death of any other thought of salvation. Well, I have to ask a part of this. Let me say that again. When, when, when someone is drawn by the Spirit of God and they trust in Jesus Christ as their, as their Lord and Savior, that ceases and abandons any other thought of salvation. It, it did with me. I'm a life special. God's not a special person. That's what he does in his salvation. I, I didn't know much more than that when I was saved. But I knew that he, Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. And, and that, that does it. There's no other way. Boy, this marvelous said, but yeah, but listen to this. I don't care. You sound so smart, but that's not true. Just one way. No other thought of salvation. Okay, now verse 31. So then, brethren, he, he changes his tone here. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. There's no hint of a questioning sound and begging sound in what's being said here. Brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Children of the bondwoman re reject Jesus Christ as Savior in this matter of pointing this out. The Jews come into the churches, Galatia, they reject Jesus Christ as Savior. Galatia, Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, Ishmael, Isaac, you see this, you got it. You understand what I'm saying is what Paul's getting to here. You, you're free, and you know it. You, you're in a state of freedom. You're not in bondage in a slave, as a slave. You are in a relationship as a son. You have been adopted, and you know you have. What are you doing? Turn away from the spirit of bondage that you're trying to re-enter. You have the position of sonship and the power of the Holy Spirit living in you and to live as a child of God. That, that confirms everything that the truth says. You, you know this. Galatians. Now let's go to chapter 5, verse 1. Man has put the chapter numbers and the verse numbers in here, and I'm glad, I'm glad he did. I can find things a lot easier. But that doesn't thing mean everything ends at the end of the chapter. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Experience your salvation, Christian. Don't, don't be robbed of that experience. Experience your salvation by confidence in your Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't lose that experience of your salvation by confidence in self. You have freely received a promise. God has made provisions for you. You can live by his power. Experience the joy of the Lord. They can't, they can't have any joy in what they're doing. They need to repent for what they've done. Just as David, when David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And that's exactly what they need. There is no joy down the untrue road of earning salvation. So stand. Stand on the promises of God. Romans 8, 2 would sum this up real good. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Understanding the depths to the extent we can 